And welcome to another edition of the Horse Around Podcast. Andy Lindell hanging out with you along with Andrew Mason. We're going to bring you some of the best of throughout the week here on this Thanksgiving week. Hopefully you're having a great one. By the way, the team has made a move. Uh, Lorenzo Doss, no longer a member of the Denver Broncos. They waved him on Thanksgiving Day. Been a rough week with Mike McCoy gone. But of course, we cover all of it. Andrew Mason and I sat in for Dave Logan. So we're going to bring you some of that here, as well as an interview with Simon Fletcher, and uh, then we're going to get you ready for this game against the Broncos, the Broncos against the Raiders, uh, coming up here on Sunday. Going to be an interesting game as the Broncos change offensive coordinators, the Raiders change defensive coordinators. We'll see who gets the best of that little matchup. But right now, here's your Horse and Round podcast with a snippet here, a section from the show we did on Wednesday. Andrew Mason of DenverBroncos.com, Andy Lindahl. Of course, hanging out with you, and we're both of Orange and Blue 760. I do Palomas and Lindahl normally 7 to 10 a.m. And I do first and 10 at 10, 10 to noon with the esteemed Ryan Edwards and Ring of Famer and at least Hall of Fame semifinalist Steve Atwater. Really hope that in about a month and a half here, we're going to hear that he's a Hall of Fame finalist. And then beyond that, hope we're hearing that he's a Hall of Famer, but one step at a time. Uh, for Steve Atwater, but you know we're starting our campaign right now, kicking it into gear to try to get Steve and other safeties in the Hall of Fame. I mean, your safety is criminally underrepresented in the Hall of Fame, and you look at that semifinalist list, and you see John Lynch, and you see Brian Dawkins, and all three of those guys you're talking about being deserving Hall of Famers. And also, at another position, another deserving guy, Carl Mecklenburg is a semifinalist once again as well. I want to start with the safeties. First off, I hope as many Broncos go in as possible. Obviously, from my childhood, I I think, and in fairness to as far as the time they came, I'd like to see Steve and Carl get in. And I want John and Brian to get in. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to talk about guys that are Broncos pretty much the whole year, I know Steve spent a year with New York, but I don't even know if Steve counts that too he much. He actually just told us he doesn't count that. Right. He says he has a ten, he had a 10-year career, yeah. not 11. Well, and he got hurt halfway through, right? I just don't think it was an enjoyable year for him, and it was heartbreaking, frankly, as a Bronco fan to watch him leave. Well, but, and then when he came back here, the Jets beat the Broncos, and a oh, game yeah. that no one wants to remember. A game that lives in infamy yep. because it hurt the career of another Hall of Famer, Terrell Davis. Yep. Anyway, I hope I would be also happy, though, as much as I'm rooting for Carl and Steve to get in now. I honestly do believe, and I know there's a ton of politics, and I get it, but I'd love to see all three safeties go in. Will it happen? I know it won't, but you are grossly underrepresented when it comes to the safety category, and I wouldn't have a problem if it was now. I'm a fan of all three of those guys, but for the position itself, I mean, football, I get it. There's easier stats to debate. There's easier positions to have. Uh, debates about so on and so forth. The position of safety is so important in this league, though, and so many guys have come and changed that position. you got to get more of those guys in there. There needs to be a correction. Kenny Easley last or this year became the first pure safety, played his entire career at the position. This is So this doesn't count Ronnie Lott, who moved from corner to safety, and Rod Woodson, who made a similar transition. Kenny Easley this year became the first pure safety to have played a snap since 1981 to be in the Hall of Fame. So the last guy before that was Ken Houston, who retired after the 1980 season, after a brilliant career with Houston and uh, Washington. 
So there needs to be a correction. I mean, you're telling me that there was no pure safety deserving of the Hall of Fame from 1981 through the through 2008, 2009? That's bull. You're right. That's terrible. And here's the thing for me. It's about changing the position. When Steve Outwater came into the league, and, and I, I don't hear this through the guy that's a huge fan of Steve Outwater. This is just the facts. Everybody wanted a Steve Atwater. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted a Brian Dawkins. I can remember watching the Eagles during their championship years, long before he became a Bronco, thinking, we need one of those. He, is, he was outstanding. Cam Chancellor's that guy now that everybody's trying to get. There's a guy of each generation, if nothing else, if bare minimum, give me the one player. Everybody wanted Ronnie Lott back in the day. Probably should have wanted a Dennis Smith more, too, but Ronnie had the bigger headlines. And the interesting thing is guys that immediately followed him like John Lynch and Brian Dawkins will tell you that Steve Atwater was one of the guys that they modeled their games after. Not only that, Andrew, because I have had the pleasure of talking to both guys. John Lynch and Brian Dawkins are both about the same size, which is about six feet, maybe a little bit taller than I am. Yeah. Steve is taller than all of us. And people cannot believe, cannot believe how big he is and how well he moved. Ed McCaffrey would tell you, he would look around and he'd see Steve and learn, and learn, no, 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 what's he doing in the backfield? Get that guy up near the front seven. Get him up in the box. He's not waiting on me. But he was fast enough to play on the back end. Right. Force of nature. But he also had the brains to go along with it. Perfect package. So we've got a request here for a little Angry Andy versus Cheech Mace. I don't know where Cheech Mace <laughs> is at anymore. We had Cheech Mace under control once he slipped out of the uh, the watchful eye of some of us. Just know this. Cheech must be having the Snickers salad that we learned about last night. Yeah, I was going to say, Cheech Mace, once he's out of the eye of anybody, we are not taking responsibility for Cheech Mace. We don't know what his activities include right now. A lot of video games, though, I would imagine would be a part of it. Yeah. Even though you're with me. We learned there is, a, I'll tell you what, people think Cheech Mace is made up. He's not. Cheech Mace can't wait to start diving into some food the next couple of days. Cheech has gotten a jump start. Yeah? Oh, yeah. What has Cheech Mace forced you to have already? <laughs> What what's already been taken in from the Thanksgiving? Well, not from the Thanksgiving, but we had you know we had burgers last night. We had um, let's see, as I was working about one a.m. this morning, there was a uh, some chips, some chip and dip. What kind of dip? Uh, it was a guacamole. You know, see, pretty so conventional for your people, and for those wondering what I mean by that, your folks that enjoy to eat. Because those are your people, the connoisseur that must hit three yeah. or four restaurants in every city he visits. Those are your people. Yes. What does Thanksgiving mean? Is this the Christmas of Christmas? <laughs> I I prefer Thanksgiving to Christmas because I think probably the food has a lot to do with it. The food, the football. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh come on. Football being a centerpiece of the holiday, and hey, it's not just football. I mean, you got big basketball tournaments going on. We're sitting here right now. There's the event down in uh, the Bahamas that's on television right now. You've got basketball games round the clock over the weekend. you got football games nonstop tomorrow, football games all day Friday. If you're looking for a big game that might be below your radar, watch that USF-UCF game at 1.30 on Friday afternoon. A couple of teams with, a, with, one, with one loss between them right now. It's, it's a buffet, just like the buffet you have Thursday for dinner, you have a buffet of football and basketball all weekend. Enjoy it. Dive in. Gorge. Come on. Let's be honest about it. I think the older you get, 
the more you appreciate Thanksgiving over Christmas because there's not as much there's not as much prep time. It's also not as expensive. Yeah, you're not seeing the disappointment <laughs> in some <laughs> cases. Once you get to the special morning, I'm all about well, Thanksgiving. Here's too. what happened last night. Where I, I took my daughter to dinner because my wife was working an overnight shift at the hospital, and I had to go pick up a cord at uh, at Best Buy. But we and of course at Best Buy, you know how they position like toys and other trinkets oh, yeah. right by the cash register. And so I'm there waiting to pay for my little cord for my computer, and of course my daughter is just eyeballing stuff and she's saying, "I like that, I like that," and I'm like, "Okay." We'll tell Santa that, but you've got to be good. But I'm thinking, yeah, that they put this here for a reason. Oh, it, nothing isn't strategic. But I'm as a parent, I'm also glad she's eyeballing the Star Wars stuff and saying, I want that, and I want that, and I want that. And so as a parent, I'm very proud of that. That a boy. <laughs> yeah, my kids are into the Star Wars, too, so it makes it all kind of a throwback. I will say this. There's a Home Depot at App Balloon with Christmas lights on it that I've thought about purchasing. Ooh. That I'm being begged not to. We'll see which wins. I may have to give in to that myself. It's not cheap now, mind you, but it is. It is obnoxious. It uh, is the whole. It is the whole lit yard rolled into one because it's like a nine foot balloon. And I may ta- just have to do it. Andy, you're talking to someone who is. I am big on obnoxiousness and kitsch in my Christmas decorations. Now it's interesting because in our living room. On our, it's nice and sedate, and it's traditional. Then you go down in the basement, and I have a tree in the family room in the basement, and all the ornaments are sports and Star Wars. Yeah, I feel you. So you've got like the Peyton Manning ornament, and you've got the you got the Demarcus Ware ornament, and the Terrell Davis ornament, and the Hank Aaron ornament, and the you know. For me, you know, for me, some old Buccaneers ornaments, some Broncos ornaments, University of Missouri ornaments, South Florida ornaments, all over the place. And then I've got, I've also, I've got the, this year we added these, uh, these things from Hallmark that are the Peanuts characters and you plug them together and then you hit a button and they do a little Christmas music and they dance. So like Schroeder will play the piano and then Lucy and Linus and Charlie Brown and Snoopy will all start dancing together. See, I miss the paid. I, lo- I love kitsch. I miss the pay. I missed the paid Manning ornament. Did not get that one. I do have a John Elway one. Mm-hmm. I do have Bronco ones as you laid out. I don't so have. Now, I don't have an Elway one. I need to get that one. I got a ton of the Star Wars ones. Do you have uh, the? Do you have the sharp one? I don't have that the sharp. A, one. That was a few years ago. There's actually a site you can find these things. The on. The old ones. The old ones. Are they ridiculously priced, though? Some are, some aren't. I think the sharp one might be affordable. All right. Maybe I'll get you that. Let me ask you this, though. When are you when are you putting the tree up? Is it up? Or uh, we want to, Because all of a sudden, everyone's decided after Halloween, I guess, we just throw the tree up, judging by my social timeline. We put one tree up last weekend, uh, and we're going to do the ornaments uh, next few days. The other, the tree, that's the main tree, the tree that goes in my ba- in the basement by the... By the TV and the bar. Yeah, I have a bar in my basement. Um, that'll go up. That goes up probably early next week. It would go up this weekend, but got to go to Oakland. Got a game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm just curious because I, frankly, am getting to the point where I like to just put it off. Of course, it's going to be 70 during Thanksgiving. I wonder if that's weird to anybody. I'm from Florida, so it doesn't affect me. So it's home for you. Yeah, this is 
Like this Thanksgiving hey. weather that we're, we're talking about, yeah. what, 68 on yeah, Thanksgiving? Right oh, you don't need a jacket right now. This is great. I love it. Bring it on. Glad we could accommodate you. All right. Let's... Sometimes we have to have holidays like this for those of us who have emigrated here from the South. No, we don't. From California. Just give us one of these every now and again, no. and we're happy. Hey, we're fine if you want to move back home, too, and soak it up all the time. Not you, per se. So Some of the East Coast friends, you want to go on back? That's fine. So you're of the persuasion that says we don't care how you did it back where you came from. Right. This is about us. That's what we said in Florida. We don't care how you did it up north. There you go. See? I'm just saying. You're a nice guy. We we're that, happy to keep you. We said that in North Carolina as well. We don't care how you did it up north. Great text here that I would agree with. Steve is one of the few that could cover Gronk. I, Steve is one of those guys. Here's why, to me, Steve Atwater is a Hall of Famer. Here's the reason why I feel like Carl Mecklenburg should be a Hall of Famer. They're guys that could have played in any era, in my mind. Now, Mech's type of running back or uh, linebacker may be disappearing a little bit, but the guy could rush the passer. The guy could do so many things. He was a chess piece player on defense. Joe Collier used that guy everywhere. Everywhere. And with Steve Atwater, a chess piece player in my mind. And when you're that kind of player, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I know it's not that cut and dry, but to me, that's how it goes. So I would agree with that text there. 303-713-7600-57739 is the text line. Andrew, as we talk about the changes that have kind of gone on the last couple days, of course, the news was made official on KOA News Radio 850 AM, 94.1 FM during the morning news. Vance Joseph has a weekly hit with them, a weekly Call in, which mm-hmm. he does every Wednesday, and that occurred about I guess, I'm guessing seven twenty, seven thirty. And at that time, he did make it official, even before his press conference. Although Mike Cliss, our insider, had tweeted it out, it is going to be Paxton Lynch as the starting quarterback. We have the change with Bill Musgrave. We have the change at the starting quarterback. We have a texter asking, is it possible that this is going hand in hand because Musgrave's worked with Paxton? Uh, there may be some of that texter. Uh, I think it's Kevin. We're not going to go ahead and, and dismiss that. But hey, for me, Andrew. You and I have talked about it on the podcast for a number of weeks. Sooner or later, I don't know that I love the thought that you have to see anything. I like to think the guy's got to earn stuff. But the bottom line is it's time to see what Paxton Lynch can offer you. Yeah, it's a clean demarcation point as well. At 3-7, and seven, you're at a point from which no team has ever made the postseason. So looking at that, and yeah, you're two games back of a playoff spot, but there's a lot of teams in between you and the postseason. We talk about this with baseball sometimes as well. You can say, oh, you're five games back, but there's six teams separating you from that wild card spot. So you have to be pragmatic about it, about where you stand and what your chances are. So be realistic about that. But you have a new offensive coordinator in Bill Musgrave. He's worked with a lot of young quarterbacks. Most recently, Derek Carr and it was interesting on first and 10 at 10 Wednesday morning. Uh, we had uh, one of our guests was a writer who covers uh, the Raiders for the uh, athletic Jimmy Durkin. And he talked about the impact of not having Bill Musgrave on the Raiders offense and even on Derek Carr and there ha- and, and how it's been negative with losing him and as far as the offense struggling being less consistent there are things that must and he mentioned things that Musgrave did that helped Carr along and helped that offense along particularly in terms of screen passes and controlled elements of the passing game that the Raiders haven't used as much this year 
And those are the types, the types of things that could help the Broncos passing game with Paxton Lynch get on his feet and help Paxton Lynch get on his feet as he tries to establish his role and show what he can do over the next several weeks. So there, there are a lot of logical reasons to make this move now. But then you st- and the other thing is you step back from it. You have a new offensive coordinator. You're three and seven. Paxton Lynch is finally healthy. He's recovered from that right shoulder injury he had uh, on August 26th against the Packers. They brought him back slowly. They worked him up in practice incrementally. Now he's ready to go. So basically, you're kind of back to square one where you had Simeon and, and Lynch competing. Simeon had his shot, did, did well at the start, struggled later on. And then Osweiler was the number two while Paxton Lynch got healthy. Now Lynch is healthy. He goes back up. Osweiler goes back down. And Simeon is the number two behind Lynch. So basically, you've just taken the original scenario with those two quarterbacks and reversed them now that they're both healthy. There you go. There you have it. Here's the thing, though. 303-713-7600 is, again, the number 57739 is that text line. Do you feel like we found the quarterback for the rest of the season? We talked to Emmanuel Sanders this morning. Emmanuel Sanders basically said, I mean, he, he had an even reaction to the thing, but he just said, I feel like we're talking about a new quarterback every week. And I do think people do have to understand the response there. It's tough to keep switching out the main guy. I think you go with him the rest of the season. Okay. And even though Trevor's the number two, there will be no I, – I, I'm not saying that I disagree with this at all. I'm just curious at gathering the, in the opinion. Same thing from Tyler Columbus. Barring injury, Paxton, it's Paxton's game the rest of the year. Thank you. Right. Yeah, ride him rest of the year. See what's there. Let him go through the ebbs and flows. Let the offense go through the ebbs and flows. I think going, for, going to this Raiders game on Sunday, look at their defense. This has not been a good defense this year at all. They are 32nd in net points per possession allowed. 31st in net yards per possession allowed. 27th in first downs per possession allowed. 27th in forcing three and outs or just possessions without a first down because that would include a possession without a first down that resulted in a field goal because of bad field position you were set up with. So across the board, this Raiders defense is struggling, and those struggles are part of the reason why you're talking about John Pagano now being their defensive coordinator, not Ken Norton Jr., who was dismissed on Tuesday. So it's an advantageous situation, I think, for Paxton Lynch to go in there and have this be his first start. The other thing is you're talking about simplifying the offense, getting back to the strengths. So no matter who the quarterback was, I think you were probably going to see, uh, if not more runs, Maybe some more stuff involving eye formation, two back, or some two tight end sets. I think that was something that would have been in the cards, regardless of who the quarterback was. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. Honestly, it's going to be interesting. Um, Because we'll have to see how much run pass option, the RPOs. You're going to probably hear a lot about the RPOs. I feel like John Gruden's talking about that every broadcast that he gets on. (laughs) But it's about that run pass option or RPOs that 
We'll have to see how many of those actually get mixed in if the Broncos don't start, don't start stealing some of these college concepts we've seen integrated throughout some of the other teams. Honestly, Tyler and I talked about it Monday. Andrew, one of the things that we saw in RPO that worked for us, uh, maybe it's not a full RPO, um, but anyway, it was the spread play. It was where Andy Dalton on that critical first down read the linebacker, kept the ball, and decided to run for the first down. So I've got a play where Vaughn Vaughn had no – I've got a picture, I should say, of the play where Vaughn had no um, instinct. No, I don't know what I want to say here. He did not think that the back wouldn't get the ball. He's going hell-bent for election after the back. Did not think for a second, for a second, that Andy Dalton was keeping that football. Andy kept it and had a wide-open run to the first down. And Andy Dalton is not exactly fleet of foot. Right. Paxton Lynch could take that play and probably get 20 yards off of it. Because so he, he can move. Here's a bit of an interesting text. I don't Now, the Broncos can't really do well. I guess they could. It says, why not release Brock and sign Sloter off the Vikings practice squad? Isn't Sloter on the Vikings 53? Or they Did he go to the 53? They moved him up. like They, uh, he they act- had to at one point, right, because yeah, he- of the QB injuries. Yeah, he and actually. Kevin's confirming. Yeah, he's he, on the fifty-three. Yeah, he moved up, and they had him in uniform for some games as their number two. Probably backing up Case Keenum would be right. Would guess. Now he's their number three. Now that you've got Teddy Bridgewater there, so that's not an option. You you can't. If the guy's on the fifty-three man roster, you can't just take him. You'd have to trade for him, and the trading deadline has long since passed. That's yeah. In the words of Elsa and Frozen, got to let it go. Yeah, there are a lot of, uh, in all all honesty, you and I know it, there's a lot of fans of Kyle here. Why not? He did have a nice preseason. It's been interesting how this stuff has all worked out. But as we've kind of laid out, you've got the first-round pick of your own now, and we're going to finally get to see a little bit of what he does. And I agree with you. So we've also got to talk about expectations, in all honesty. What are your expectations for this? Do you know what I mean? Um And I'm trying to figure out what expectations to have. I said it very bluntly. I'll say it again on the morning show. For me, Andrew, I am curious to see what Paxton Lynch does for this reason. I don't know what this system is going to look like. Mm -hmm. If you had told me Paxton Lynch was going to have to go run McCoy's system point blank, I'd tell you it's going to be a disaster. I don't like that at all. He was struggling with it in the summer. I think he probably would have struggled with it again, not practicing for two months, trying to rehab a shoulder. So I would not have liked that before. Honestly, I don't know what to expect Sunday. Do you know why I picked the Broncos Sunday? Wait, we Now, myself, Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, we always wrap up our show, our, our last show before the weekend with our pick segment. We did not have a Thursday or Friday show because of the holiday, so we did our picks on Wednesday. And I picked the Broncos, and this is my justification for picking the Broncos the unknown of this offense. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and I don't think the Raiders exactly know what it's going to look like. Even though Bill Musgrave has been in their building, was their offensive coordinator, he has a lot of offensive influences from which he can draw. Yep. You know, he's been in Atlanta guiding Matt Ryan. He had a year in Philadelphia with Chip Kelly, which exposes you to all sorts of ideas. It's going to play to Paxton Lynch's strength, but I think there will be th- there will be uh, some curveballs thrown in this game that can catch a struggling Raiders defense off guard. 
for this game, I think that can play to the Broncos' advantage. And then the question becomes what happens after that. It wouldn't surprise me if the offense and Paxton Lynch do very well this time, this first time out. What do you mean by that, though? What's very well? How many points does that look like? How many yards are we talking about? Uh, three fifty plus and twenty seven plus on the board. Remember, this offense hasn't accounted for uh twenty points in the last eight games. Right. Well, that's why I'm saying twenty points right now. Twenty one points would be well. Twenty four mm-hmm. points would be well against It'd be this an improvement defense. from what you've had. But Oakland's defense is struggling. That's fine, that's part but of this offense hasn't moved. And and switching out the quarterback's great. You still have some challenges up front in the front seven, and they still have a pass rush. I think it's fair to expect an offense that had tw- that had 17 points last week against a good defense to to put up 27 points against a struggling defense. I'm fine with that. Now, you've got to go but, interception but, free. This secondary right. has not had an interception yet. You've got, yeah, you've got to avoid mistakes. And the other thing I have to throw in there, Andy, is we know that John Pagano, the Raiders' new defensive coordinator, will throw in some wrinkles of his own and go back to when he was in San Diego. They always had something cooked up, even when you had Chargers versus Broncos at the apex of Peyton Manning. Pagano always had something in his game plan that could discombobulate you a little bit. He's he's a he's a tactical wizard. And I think the Raiders defense down the stretch of the season will get better. And don't forget with Oakland, you you do wonder how they're going to react to this move at coordinator. Yeah. But this is also a team that is fighting for its playoff life right now. They're one game back in the postseason they feel like they've got a shot, but they, they too, have used up their mulligans. Oh, they, they definitely have. And I thought, I've said it to you before, I really thought that Chiefs victory might springboard them into something bigger. But now it looks like it slid back. The other thing I am curious about, Andrew, and maybe it doesn't have any effect at all, but you can't underestimate the fact that they played at a high altitude and they did not spend a lot of time there. And that sometimes wears you out. Does that affect preparation? Then you mix in Thanksgiving. Uh, do they have family aware? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could be going on this week that could affect their gameplay on Sunday. I think what affected them in terms of the altitude was not really doing a lot of training at high altitude the way the Patriots did. The Patriots handled last week so well. They played the Broncos, and they went down to the Springs, trained at Air Force Academy for a week. So you played at 5280, you trained at 6600, and then you played at, I think, 7200, 7300 feet. I thought they handled that brilliantly. And the Raiders did not look prepared for that. No, they didn't, which is amazing. Now, the Patriots always look good coming off their bye week. Although, I guess, yeah, did they have their bye? No, we were their bye week. I forgot. Didn't the Raiders, though, get off their bye week? Yes. Okay. I think when you come on, and unfortunately, we're part of evidence of this, too. When you come out of your bye week not looking good, it doesn't set up things well for the you. The Chiefs? Andy surprising Reed, how bad they coming look. usually Andy Reed is aces coming off the bye. Yeah, and they go to the Giants record. and looked awful. Who saw that coming? Nobody. Nobody. I didn't. Not the Giants anyway. Now I think the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were in trouble as far as the playoffs went. Well, I'm going to tell you their, something. Their touchdowns right now. per game has gone way down the last few weeks. It started with that Pittsburgh game. Yep. Well, remember, Pittsburgh gave you a little formula. Remember, they only had one offensive touchdown against the Broncos as well. The Broncos had a very good defensive game 
against Kansas City's offense. I'm going to tell you this right now. I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers actually win this division. With the way their defense is playing and the fact that you do have Phillip Rivers, ugly record that gets them in, and I'm not sure they do much when they get there either, but I think the Chargers are a bigger threat to the Chiefs than anybody right now. They're playing the best ball in the division right now. I and don't that think defense is that. legit. It's legit right now. So. Best pair of edge rushers in the league right now are Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Well, at least the Broncos can say, we're done with that, right? And now we see how they handle Cleo Mack and friends coming up this weekend. All right, we're going to take our break. 303-713-7600, is the Phil Longford at Denver text line. Have to give you some of John Elway's cuts from yesterday. Reaction to his interview yesterday. Let Andrew react to a couple of uh, the statements made by John Elway. But again, it is official. Pax, or excuse me, Vance Joseph isn't going to meet the media, although Paxton and Vance won't meet the media until later. But Vance already made the announcement over on KOA News Radio, something that was tweeted out by multiple people, including our Mike Kliss last night on Orange and Blue 760, our insider, tweeting out that Paxton Lynch is indeed your starting quarterback. More to talk about ahead here on Orange and Blue 760. Obviously a lot to chew on this week. In addition to that, on first and 10 at 10, we caught up with Ring of Famer Simon Fletcher, talked about this year's Broncos, and also I asked him about the 1990 team, which had a season similar to the one these Broncos are enduring. And, of course, the 91 Broncos turned it around quickly. I asked him how those Broncos of the past had a quick turnaround, how it could maybe be paralleled with the Broncos of this generation. Here's the interview. We welcome now another Ring of Famer to the show, and that is Simon Fletcher. Simon, thank you so much for giving us some time. We really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Fletch, what's up, man? What's up, Steve? It's all you. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for spending some some of your uh, busy day with us, my friend. Anything for you, teammate. <laughs> Simon Fletcher, uh, it's it's great to have you on the program. We were just kind of getting done talking about some of John Elway's comments to Dave Logan yesterday, and uh, you know, John, of course, says I'm sure you heard the comments. You know, most of what John Elway does makes news. He said that the team was soft. He thought that the team was soft this year. And, you know, yesterday he clarified that, saying he included himself, he included the front office in that. Uh, what did you, when you heard those comments Friday night, what what was sort of your, your visceral reaction, your first reaction to those comments as a former player? My first reaction was uh, surprise, followed by the idea that uh, a person shouldn't overreact to the comments. If you take it in comparison to what we've grown accustomed to the past few years, particularly under John's charge, the way the team has been aggressive and attacked both offensively, defensively, and the special teams, you can understand that comment coming from him who's seen it all. Simon, do you think that comment can uh, result in some positive change? Do you think guys will respond to that and play better going forward? I think they have to. Uh, We've got six games left in the season that somehow gone awry. And if nothing else, you want to be competitive, finishing this season strong so that you go into the offseason with a positive outlook. Yeah. So, hey, Fletch. Yes, sir. Hey, you you were the sack master back in the day. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I saw you uh, at at the alumni weekend uh, talking to some of the the, the pass rush specialists, Von Miller, Shaq Barrett. And Shane Ray, uh, what, what kind of words did you did you uh, have for those guys? Well, uh, what I say to them each time I have the opportunity is win or lose, rest with you guys. You have to be the playmakers. You have to make a change. 
because your big plays will inspire the guys on the other side of the ball, your offensive unit, to play up to your level. And you got to make something happen to create momentum shifts when you need them. What are you hopeful for the remainder of this season for the Broncos as they have seven losses? Uh, it's never been done before where a team that, that had this kind of record made the postseason. We've been having a, a bit of a debate on the show because – you know, in some ways you want to build toward next season, but as Steve has pointed out many times, that's just not really in a player's DNA to think about it like that. What are your expectations the remainder of this season? To take it one week at a time and to just be more aggressive and play like the Denver Bronco team that I know them to be. Um, I, I also believe that each individual has to take it upon himself to commit to doing something as often as possible during the course of each upcoming game to make a difference. Hey, Flex, you had a season kind of like this 1990. It was, you know, a struggle. It was 5-11. and 11. How did you guys get back on track the following year, go 12-4? and four? What did you guys do to, to turn that around really fast? Well, after I think we lost five games at, in a row at one point, and uh, what we did was we, we reminded ourselves that we're not losing because any member of this franchise wants to lose. We're not losing because – uh, any guy on any, either unit, offensive, defensive, or special teams, doesn't want to win. Now what we have to do is put it together, work as a unit, and leave it all on the field. I mean, be so exhausted at the end of each game that you, you have to be crated off possibly. And then whatever the outcome of the game, you're getting in the right mentality and frame uh, mind, mindset, as Shanahan used to say, so that you're a competitive football player every time you step on that field, and you'll win more than you lose with that attitude. Bless you, man. I got to say, man, you sound good on, on, on air, man. You uh, sound like you could be a professor or something, man. You sound really intelligent. Um, <laughs> you well, were... I, I knew you were going to call, so I didn't have my three beers last night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, Fletcher, we were, we were neighbors down uh, in Shenango. Uh, our families got a chance to – know each other back in the day it was that it was, it was real cool uh real, real real nice of you to kind of be one of the guys that 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 helped help mentor me uh what do you have going on on these days fletch well right now i'm doing a mobile barbecue catering to the oil and gas industry and you know knowing me as an opportunist it's called ring of fame barbecue and, um, I'm currently looking at purchasing a restaurant in the next couple of weeks to a month in Loveland, Colorado, and I'll continue to do corporate catering as well as the restaurant setting. But it's in the early stages now. We're negotiating price. Chatting wow, here with nice. Simon Fletcher, Ring of Famer uh, from the Denver Broncos. Uh, let, let's talk about Steve Atwater for just a moment here as uh, as you guys – now, now, don't roll your eyes at me, Steve. I mean, this is an opportunity for us. We're talking about right now, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 but just for a moment, just for a moment, can you give me any stories, any dirt, anything I can, uh, you know, utilize <laughs> down the road uh, that, that's clean enough for the air uh, for me right here? I have no dirt on Steve. I'm sure you've already heard upon his arrival, uh, Mark Haynes gave him the nickname Lumber. <laughs> Lumber. Uh, I never, Lumber. I never could figure out why they called him Lumber. I thought because he would put the wood on guys, which he often did. But the reality was that he was so stiff that he looked like a, a two-by-six. And amazingly, <laughs> you could be as stiff as a board and still uh, run through 
All right, Fletch, I'll talk to you later, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's great. That's, that, that's good stuff. I mean, well, look, we, we always hear glowing remarks about, you know, you as as a teammate, as, but but the Lumba oh, stories. Man, you know what I'm telling you, though? My whole career, I thought that they were telling me that because they thought that I hit hard, yeah. and they were laughing behind my back. You know, man, this guy's stiff as, stiff as wood. I didn't find it out after I retired, man. I I, I was kind of hurt by it. <laughs> well, Flesh, you didn't tell me, man. Why you? Why didn't you tell me, Flesh? We mean no harm. All right, let me throw out a positive note. Living two doors down from him, one thing people may not know, Steve Adler was the perfect family man. He went to work, he came home, and you'd see him out in the yard playing with his boys and doing stuff around the house. He's stiff. His, his children didn't seem to mind when he was giving them a piggyback on his stiff body. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, Flesh. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> We're chatting with Simon Fletcher, Ring of Famer. Great, great story there, Simon. Just a couple more thank you. We do appreciate your time yeah, we this morning. Uh, so one of the things we were also discussing is a, is a bit of where this, this Broncos defense is, is going right now and you see it with the Seattle Seahawks right where you see there's a certain amount of window for these things or where, where do you think the Broncos are right now in their defensive window since they won the championship in 2015 where, where do you feel like they're at right now well I, I think they are not where we or they themselves expected they would be at this point and whatever's contributing to that I don't know uh, I wonder if the absence of Wade Phillips personality the absence of the leadership in the locker room of DeMarcus Ware and the, the verbal uh, actions of uh, T.J. Ward, I'm wondering how much the change is affecting this defensive unit at this point. Uh, without those guys, then how do you find those new leaders? Because al- it's always evolving. Guys are, you know, they're, they're always kind of changing the team. Guys come, guys go. So how do you find those new leaders to step up and assume those roles? Well, they're in the locker room. Uh, it's up to the individual to step up and recognize the need and decide that rather than wait around, I'll be there. And that guy has to be a playmaker. That guy should be uh, Bond Miller, in my opinion, and if not him, then uh, to lead. But it has to be a guy who makes plays because everybody's looking to the leader and they'll follow his example as much, if not more, than his words. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, Fletch, they made the, the switch from first Trevor Simeon to Brock Osweiler, then Brock Osweiler to Paxton Lynch. How much of a difference can Paxton Lynch make at this point in the season? Well, a lot will depend on how how, uh, healed he is. If he's completely recovered from his injury, he can not only make a difference for the remainder of this season, he can can, uh, secure a spot for himself going into the the offseason and training camp. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's totally on him. What, what can you do within the system? Uh, we've lost the offensive coordinator, but it's, it'll still be the same offense. You can't change at this juncture in the season. Therefore, I, I just hope he steps up. He was a first-round pick. He has the ability, and he's handicapped somewhat by the fact of inconsistent play on his in his line. But some decisions that I've seen between the two quarterbacks this year just uh, baffle me in uh, just lobbing the ball, throwing it away uh, into coverage where you you risk the chance of interception. So I just think he needs to make intelligent decisions, sacrifice himself physically 
in some instances, just to preserve possession of the football. Mm-hmm. That's really well said. Simon, we really do appreciate your time this morning. Great stories about uh, Steve Atwater, and, and we'll look forward to checking with you again very soon. Thank hey, you, man. Hey, you're the Thank man, you. Fletch. Thank, Thank you, bro. You appreciate Have you. a great day, and happy Thanksgiving. Good stuff from Simon Fletcher. Thanks to him. Thanks, of course, to Andy Lindahl earlier in the show, Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, and, of course, to you, for listening to the Denver Broncos Horsing Around podcast. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. We'll talk to you next week.